Dave Delsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go on the range with Jay Delsing. On the range is brought to you by Taylor Made Golf. Hey, good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay Pearlie. What's going on? How are you today? I'm doing just great, Jay. Just looking out the window, a little sunny, warm, just kind of a nice thing. How are things there? Beautiful. Thank you. We're having a great Good. day. And um, we formatted the show. We're going, we're skipping right by this. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Continue. We, we formatted the show just like around the golf. The first segment's called the On the Range segment. The On the Range segment's brought to you by Taylor Made Golf. Pearl, wait till you see this stealth driver. It is awesome. Have you hit it? I have hit, hit it? it. I hit it. I hit it about a month ago. No, a little longer than a month ago when we have good weather in uh, St. Louis. Um, gosh, my friend Jeff Thornhill, who represents the the entire Midwestern region for TaylorMade, who is absolutely kicking ass, up 93% in this area since he got here. And in 2021 was up 43%. Um, uh, on top of that is um, a great guy, and we've been playing a little golf together. He listens to the show. We uh, so uh, really appreciate his support. And each week, we are giving away a dozen TP5 golf balls. All you have to do is enter, send me an email, j at jdelsinggolf.com, and enter the word balls in the subject division. That's all, uh, subject line. That's all you got to do. And you're going to get a $50 plus, $50 plus, depending on where you buy these things, golf balls. Who doesn't need golf balls? Who came up with the uh, add balls as the uh, secret passcode? Uh, that was me. You know, me, if we would have bet $1,000, 10 to 1, I would have taken the bet, and I knew I would have won it. Yeah, I'm not shocked. I'm, I'm kind of proud, to be honest with you. Well, So so if it was, if it was Jeopardy, it would be what is balls? <laughs> what is balls, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Good. Good yep. for you. Good for you. Very, yep. very good. Thank you. Thank you, Pearl. Uh, are we skip? Are we good on our social media um, update? Yeah. Yeah. Just chasing down the metaverse, but I got it handled. We're, okay. we're good. All right. We're, we know we're in good hands when it comes to social and pearly. Uh, we're also in great hands with Bob and Kathy Donahue at Donahue Painting and Refinishing. You can contact them at three one four. 805-2132. They do great work inside or outside. You should check out some of their staircase work. It is spectacular. And they're phenomenal people. All right, Pearl, we have another best of show this week. Paul Lazinger and Steve Stricker, both accomplished tour players, won millions of dollars playing on tour, both victorious Ryder Cup captains on U.S. soil. How would you like to have that as part of your resume? I would love to have it, but what a what a contrast in personalities. You've got Steve Stricker, who's one of the, at least to me, I've been around him a little tiny bit. You have much more so. Very kind, very soft-spoken, very under the radar. Then you got Paul Azinger, who isn't. I mean, he, he's, no. he's a nice guy. I, oh, I, yeah. I, did, I did get to know him back in the mini-tour days a little bit. Super nice guy, super accomplished, but he'd just soon run you over his look. Oh, no, he's an adrenaline guy. He's a motorcycle yeah. guy. He's an adrenaline guy. He it, it absolutely is. It's, um, oh man, it's 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 a contrast in personalities. That's for sure. Um, oh, I, I wanted to say this. We are welcoming Tony Pena Golf Pearl 
to the Golf with Jay Delsing supporters. Um, do you remember Tony Pena, Iomatic, yes. the iconic yes. brand pro? You should see their Jupiter brand putter. I've got one. It is gorgeous. And they're releasing some wedges and some new drivers. So they're going to be uh, on the show. And uh, TonyPenaGolf.com. Uh, just great stuff, but uh, I just wanted to to get that in and give those guys a little bump because they have been uh, uh, good friends for a long time. All right, so let's just go to Paul Azinger. Won the PGA Championship. He's had cancer and a cancer survivor. Uh, won multiple, I think, 12 times on the PGA Tour. Um, and now the, the lead analyst for NBC Golf. Um, let's go listen to Paul. Is it his time? Yes! There it is! Can you believe it? Paul Azinger is brought to you by Golden Tee. When you're watching a practice round, guys are out there with their wives or their girlfriends and uh, their, this, the entourage. Everybody brings about 10, 12 guys inside the ropes. It looks like a parade out there. Yeah, some of the practice rounds do. I've seen practice rounds now with, of all people, Tiger Woods counted. I counted 14 people on the green. Might have been 12 people on the green in a Tiger Woods practice round. Never would you have ever seen that back when he first showed up, I'll tell you. He'd have snarled him right back in behind the ropes, wouldn't he? He just wouldn't have ever had that. You know, that that was just, it's just changed so much, even since Tiger came out. Really, the whole social media thing didn't start till 2008. That would have been 11 years into Tiger's career. And then, you know, that's why I just think it's harder to play. I think I would have cared too much about if I had to brand myself. Self-branding and marketing and all that has just changed the game. I felt I feel it makes it harder peer pressure-wise. you got somebody that can send negative stuff to you, but you're trying to build your brand through a social media I really admire these players, Jay. I got to tell you, they hit it great, and they hit it far, and they hit it high. And you and I both know, you got to have some courage to put it up there in the air for ten seconds. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying. It's not without risk. I just can't believe how they're good. I don't know if I could have done it because can you imagine if you show up without your entourage and without all that, how you're going to beat those guys? Zing, how was I going to get an entourage? I'd had to go buy one. What do you think they're doing? <laughs> <laughs> Those guys aren't showing up for nothing. My but it's, a, it's awesome to watch, though, because, yeah. you know, they still make mental mistakes and they still, you know, they'll make bad decisions and they'll miss putts. And, but it's the same game that we played. And, uh, you know, really the scores are kind of the same. I just think mentally they've got an advantage over uh, the, the entourage guys. That's why they hang on. I think longevity seems to be something, even with all this money, they're going to be able to go and go and play and play and play. Zing, let me ask you this. One of the things I noticed from the best players I ever played with is they hit their long stuff high, not as high as these guys do, but they hit all their short stuff low. And that's the one thing I don't see many of these guys do. Now, some guys do, but not very many guys bring their wedges in very low. You were a master at that. Well, you know what, though? I mean, honestly, I was taught that the greats will hit their long irons high and their short irons low. I was and taught I, the same thing. Know, I had patches where I could hit my long irons 
really nice and high. I remember, you know, a week that I won at Muirfield Village, I was able to hit a one iron really high that week. For me, for whatever reason, and uh, but what an advantage, and that's what Tiger Woods had over maybe Greg Norman, because Norman couldn't hit his wedges that low either. He hit his everything high. Tiger hits his long irons high, short irons low. Jack long irons high, short irons low. You know, it's Watson hit everything high. Didn't but, you feel uh, like? Didn't you feel like Greg Norman had such a problem taking the gas, this foot off the gas pedal? I mean, I felt like he just kept, you know, trying to hammer everything. And to your point, you know, the the his short irons spun so much, and they're always up in the air, and and lack of control there. Yeah, yeah. The old adage, a lot of times, was you know, the tighter the hole, the harder you should swing. You know, just so you wouldn't steer it, I guess. Maybe that was a psychological message or something. And But you know what? If I'd have hit it as nice as he hit it, I probably would have shot for every flag, too. It was – how do you take it, your foot off the gas? Now, you're talking about that little that little take-something-off-it shot? Yes. He didn't have that. He did you're not right. have it. Zing, he got in between clubs and didn't know anything but the gas. He couldn't take a little eight and fit it in there. He was always smashing that nine. Yeah, I've been in that trap before, though, and you know you can get you can get in that trap where all you can do is swing hard, and you and I both played where we fell in love with finesse too, where we hit a rip snorting nine iron or we'd hit a little nine iron and cover about a twenty yard area with one with one club, and I think Greg got stuck sometimes where he only had about a six or five or six yard area sometimes with one club because he only had one speed, and Tiger never fought that ever, but I'd get. St- trapped with my swing sometimes where all I had was full out. That's when I knew I was starting to get in trouble. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. And I, I think about some of the opportunities we had with some of the players. I thought Greg Norman was one of the best drivers of the ball I ever played with, I ever saw. He could smash it straight. Yeah, he had it unbelievable. And I don't think I'll ever see anybody drive it like that ever again. Um, but now it's, it's so different. It, uh, I don't know if they're going to be as accurate as Greg, and, but to watch the ball leave the way it leaves now is just blowing my mind. The first couple weeks when I was out here and watching these guys on the driving range, Jay, uh, the, the launch angle has gone up probably five to seven degrees since we played. I know, can't believe that thing. Huh? I cannot believe Roy McIlroy. You and I could stand on a tee 30 yards in front of him, and he could hit a 350-yard drive over our head. And 30 yards, you could hit it that high. Yeah, I know. It's it's the weird thing. It's like learning how high to throw a javelin to optimize your distance. And, you know, I guess as soon as you've had enough film speed or video or whatever to figure out RPMs and launch angle, that changed everything. And remember, that happened while we were playing, too, uh, when I think Callaway was the first one to have built that golf studio. You remember yes. that? And what a big deal it was to go there. And now they all have them, TaylorMade, Titleist, they all have them. But the first time you could actually see impact, the driver smashed to the ball when the ball was flattened out on that one side. That was yeah, so cool. Yeah. And it morphed into this. USDA thinks it's all about, you know, or I don't know what anybody, what they're all thinking actually, but uh, it, it's not just the ball and it's not just the club head. You know, there's a lot of math that went into this thing, optimizing your trajectory, and matching a proper spin to it, it's it's really, it's not an algorithm, but it's written out exactly how you can optimize your distance based on the tra- the trajectory and the velocity your ball leaves with spin. 
they got it. And now these guys can hit it 350. A big part of the reason is because they, it's like throwing the javelin. If you throw it too low, it's not going as far. And they know it. And that's their whole thing is hitting it farther. Yeah, knowing the combination of the driver and the ball, the thing's turned into a missile. But, Zing, back in the day when we were using those those wooden drivers, launch angle? Hell, man, I was just trying to find that little minuscule sweet spot in the middle of that Cleveland driver I had. <laughs> hey, you and me both, I had an old McGregor driver back in the day. Remember the old Tony Panda driver? Yeah. It was beautiful. It was such a fun era and generation, but I thought it was hard. The premium was putting it on the fairway, and it was just hard. Guys that could drive it straight, you know, Mike Reed or Kite or somebody like that, Curtis, they would just dominate. Hal Sutton, those guys would kill. And Jack had straight and long. You know, Watson rolled in there. You know, Watson could hit every fairway if you weren't careful. Yeah. And and be long. So that they all drove it nice. Trevino hit it unbelievably straight. But, boy, it, it's almost as if, you know, the whole – driving aspect of golf flipped since we started into the top 10 on the driving distance list, losing their cards to now they're the, the top guy. Zing, what about, <laughs> it used to be drive for show, putt for dough. Now it's drive for dough. I mean, the, the, you're absolutely right. The script has completely flipped and the guys that are, the, the best two players in the last 25 years have been the crookedest drivers going, Tiger and Phil. Yep, that's a fact. Um, but you still got to putt. You know, you can drive for an advantage and drive for dough, but you still got to make putts. Most of these events are still coming down to one shot here, one shot there, and even though, you know, they probably are making a mockery of some of these holes and not all the courses, but you know how the tour is so smart when they set these courses up, Jay? They put the holes in places that can protect the scores anytime they want. And... But the guys are hitting wedges on holes where you remember you go back and you're like, oh, that should be a seven iron. That should not be a wedge. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. I thought it was I love a- it, though. I'm enjoying it, to tell you the truth. And, and I think there's a lot of characters on tour, and there's some good personalities on tour now. Well, I, I believe that the, the whole tour is, you know, it's just going to – it just keeps growing. The whole Tiger element, the fact that Tiger won at the Masters. Golly. All right, so I'm going to do the tip of the cap, and then you and I are going to break down the Azinger interview, Pearl, on the front nine. The tip of the cap, it's brought to you by my friends at Dean Team of Kirkwood, 314-966-0303. Colin is a great guy, dear friend. We're tipping the cap this week to small business owners. I'm a small business owner now. We have the Wild Crush Wine Bar, other places that are similar. We are saying hang in there. COVID is all over the place. The cold weather is beating us down here in the Midwest. There's mask mandates. There's this. There's that. It is my hats off to them. It is not easy. It is. It's hard to stay, uh, stay the course. And my hat is off. It's been a brutal time to meander through our history at this point in time in the United States. And we just want to tip my cap to those that are trying to make a go of it. Just hang in there. And uh, hopefully this will pass really, really soon. And I want to thank Colin and uh, Brandy at Dean Team of Kirkwood, 314-966-0303. All right, we'll be right back with more of the Front Nine. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. 
Paul Lazinger, and you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. Thank you, St. Louis, for making the first annual Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson a record-breaking success. The golf was incredible, your enthusiasm unmatched, and the only thing that will last longer than the memories is the impact you've made on North St. Louis County charities. To our sponsors, volunteers, and fans, thank you for welcoming golf's greatest legends and bringing professional golf back to St. Louis with record attendance. See you next year at the Ascension Charity Classic. Have you heard about the resurrection of Tony Penna Golf? No? Well, listen closely then. Harpen Brand Holdings is reintroducing this iconic brand back to the golf world, and with it comes the legendary Iomatic feature. Some 50 years ago, Tony Penna was renowned for making world-class equipment played by many of the world's best golfers, including the great Jack Nicklaus. Go to TonyPennaGolf.com right now and check out the gorgeous selection of putters, drivers, and wedges they have available. I'm currently using the Jupiter Tour Select Series putter as I practice this winter, and I just love it. Its milled face gives this putter that really soft, super soft feel that all tour players love. The only thing you'll like better than the look of these clubs is their price. Go to TonyPennaGolf.com and check it out. You can get a gorgeous milled tour caliber putter for a fraction of the cost. That's TonyPennaGolf.com. One thing I've learned over the years is that many people don't realize that standard insurance policies aren't robust enough to handle their accomplished lifestyles. Ensuring your personal success adequately, that's serious business. At Powers Insurance, they don't believe in treating clients like policyholders. They treat them like friends and family. Tim Davis at Powers Insurance can offer more than a policy. He has the knowledge and experience to properly protect your busy lifestyle. Call Tim Davis at Powers Insurance today, 314-333-4913, or find them online. Visit their website at powersinsurance.com. Hey, I know you've heard a lot about club fitting, but I need you to go visit my friends at Pro-Am Golf. They're a family-owned and operated golf discount shop in St. Louis that's been operating for over 40 years. They have a top quality fitter in CJ over there and a very qualified staff with the most up-to-date, state-of-the-art technology in the industry at all. They've got a really cool ball program coming that will help you fit your swing speed to the right ball. But most importantly, they have the lowest prices in town on this fitting. And you know what's really special? They take the price of the fitting and roll it into the new clubs that you purchase over there. So basically, the fitting costs you nothing. Visit Tom DeGrand. He's been in the business for over 40 years and a great guy. And they'll watch you hit balls in their simulator. So stop by and ask for the Delsing discount and they'll give you even more money off their already low price. That's Pro-Am Golf, a family-owned business here in St. Louis. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. And welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearlie with me and Brad Barnes. Meet. He's taking good care of us here in our studio, and we are headed to... The Front Nine. The Front Nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic, September f- uh, 5th through 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Come on out, see the best field on the Champions Tour right here in St. Louis. 
Oh, man, fantastic. All right, John, so Paul Azinger. Um, gosh, I've got a funny story about when Azinger was playing in the Ryder Cup against Seve. And there's some gamesmanship stories, and there's some of this going and that going on and some coughing and it's some, some you know, strategically timed moments. And um, um, these guys playing, or they're playing, and, and I'll never forget this. Zing's playing with Chip, Chip Beck. And Chip, hell, Chip led the money list one year back then. A hell of a player. Hell of a player. They all drive in the fairway over a kind of a hill so you can't see where the balls come to rest. And Azinger gets out in front and sees there's a ball that's kind of close to a sprinkler head, but not. It's kind of a questionable decision. And Paul gets in there mimicking like this is a, oh, man, is this going to interfere with my swing? What do you think about this? You know, and when you're playing match play like in the Ryder Cup, the other team has to sign off on a lot of these rules unless if they don't, then you have to get an official involved, right? And so Paul's making these gyrations like this, like of taking kind of an abnormal stance, so to speak, to see if he can get a drop from the sprinkler. And he and Paul yells over, hey, Sevy, do you think I'm entitled to relief from this ball? Because the sprinkler is right next to it. And Sevy goes, no, no, no. You must play the ball as it lies. And Zing goes, great. This is your ball. That's awesome. That yep. is that's so Azinger. That is it, that is just so. I, Sevy would because Sevy would mess with you, but I think I think he messed with you with the coughing and the dropping of the club and dropping of the golf ball. That's clever on Azinger's part. That's really clever. Yeah, yep. That's a that is a that that rolled through the tour like whoa man, it was really really fun. You know, I played with Paul probably 50 times on tour. We came out at the same time. We played a lot together. And um, this was a guy that had so much homemade action. He had a super strong grip. The club was well, well shut at the top. But one of the things that I, reminded me about him, we brought it up in, the, in our chat. John, the best players that I ever played with, with probably the exception of like a Corey Pavin, hit all of their long stuff really high and all of their short stuff really low. Now, Pavin was a magician at the short stuff that he hit really low. He didn't hit his long stuff very high because he didn't have much speed. But Azinger was able to do that, even with that grip, Pearl. He could hoist those long irons up in the air, but when he got around the greens and those short irons, it was a lot of bounce used and a lot of those low uh, driving shots and a lot of spin on him. He was fun to watch. I can remember my first time I saw him, I was playing in a mini tour event down in Cypress Creek. I think is what they called it down in Orlando. Oh. And he was in a play. It was uh, just brutal. Plus it's always windy. It's tough, tough conditions as, as far as putting greens and stuff like that. But he gets out there. It's the first time I'd ever seen him and wailing away at it in the wind. And it was just amazing. I mean, the guy was just so aggressive. And it was just fun. He had a smile on his face. He loved the game. He was passionate about the game. He had just an absolute gritty, determined competitor, which might be uh, maybe the best part of his game. Oh, there's no doubt. It's his heart. There's no doubt. You can't measure that. You can't see that. You're sitting there. I can remember Nick Faldo saying, I'm playing this guy. And guess who won? Because he's oh, yeah. like, he, he, uh, Faldo said something in one of the Ryder Cups, like it looks like he's in his swing, he's, he's uh, got chopping with an axe. And guess what? He chopped his ass right on up and, 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 won, and, and won the match. And I, I'll never forget that as well. And um, don't think that there wasn't some grit going on in 
with with Paul after that comment made about his swing. I can remember. I think that was at the Belfry, and um, it was at the Belfry. And uh, yeah, you you know you don't want to rattle that cage any more than you need to. Well, he must have loved it. Loved that type of thing, stirring the other guys up because. Pretty much every time it was anything of any consequence, there was there was something being stirred. Yeah, yeah. He he wasn't afraid to stand up there and uh, make some sort of comment or, or do what he thought that needed to be done to. Uh, no, that's and that's why he's an announcer now because he, he's going to say he's going to say the things that he sees. I think that's important. All right, Pearl. That's going to wrap up the front nine, but uh, folks, don't go anywhere. We've got Steve Stricker on the back nine. This is golf with Jay Delsing. Hey, everybody, it's Vince Gill. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. I want to welcome Rapsodo Golf to the Golf with Jay Delsing show. Folks, this device is super, super cool. It's small, just a little bit bigger than your cell phone. It works in conjunction with your phone to help track your shots. It talks about launch angle, spin rate, dispersion, uh, how far the ball goes. It is really, really something. You can go to Rapsodo Golf. Dot com and check this thing out. It'll also give you a couple drop downs. You can see how they're transferring this technology into baseball and softball, and they're working with all 30 Major League Baseball teams now. So this is a viable product. But if you want to practice in the winter and you want to get better and you want to stop figuring out where that ball went after you hit it into the net, Get a Rap Soto and check them out. You will love it. We appreciate them being part of the show. Go to rapsoto.com, rapsoto.com. Marcone Appliance Parts Company of St. Louis, Missouri would like to recognize and applaud the thousands of companies and volunteers who donated their time and money to make Wreaths Across America program a national success on December 18, 2021. Wreaths Across America is a national wreath-laying program to decorate the graves of our beloved veterans and national cemeteries across the country. Marcon Appliance Parts is proud to be a local sponsor and sent volunteers to participate at Jefferson Barracks National Cemetery. For more details, visit wreathsacrossamerica.org. Marcon Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and a proud distributor of General Electric Parts. Jay here. And I'm here to tell you about my favorite strength training program that has helped me play better golf, and I think it'll help you. That's right. I'm talking about 20 minutes to fitness. 20 minutes once or twice a week is all you need to stay strong, flexible, and in shape to play your best golf. 20 minutes to fitness targets the muscle groups used in the golf swing because you always work with a trainer on physical therapy equipment. And that causes a reduction in your chance to get exercise-related injury. It knocks it down to almost zero. Folks, I've been doing this for over eight years now, and I am in the best shape of my life. If you have never worked with a trainer before, you've got to give it a try. It's a game changer. But don't take my word for it. Try it for yourself. Your first session is free. That's right. It's absolutely free. There are two locations to serve you, one in Chesterfield and one in Clayton. Visit 20MinutesToFitness.com to learn more. 20 Minutes to Fitness works for me, and it can work for you. We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. 
Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay Perley's with me. We are headed to the back nine that is brought to you by our friends at Pro-Am Golf. This has been a family-owned business. They've been around for over 40 years. You got to go check them out. Get yourself fitted. I'm harping at you. That's right. I'm going to keep harping at you. Get yourself fitted. Call CJ, 314-647-8054. Ask for the Delsing discount. If you buy something over there, they're going to roll what you bought uh, it, the price of this fitting into the product that you bought. ProAmGolfUSA.com. CJ's great. Get over there. Get yourself fitted. Get some good clubs that work for you, for your swing, for your body, for your speed. Get over there. All right, Pearl. Steve Stricker. I, I When I think of this scenario, Strick, being from Wisconsin, the Ryder Cup, at Whistling Straits, and the way that, I mean, it's a storybook deal. I mean, it just went down great. The U.S. just whipped the Euros. And let's just jump right into the Steve Stricker interview. Ardo Palmer is the Masters champion of 1960. There it is. A win for the ages. Check. <laughs> that was a great putt. There's Jack finishing off. And what a day it's been for him. A round of 65. Steve Stricker is brought to you by Golden Tee. When I first met you, I think you were playing on the Canadian Tours in the early 90s. We were playing at Glen Abbey, and you nearly won that tournament. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. That's a good memory, Jay. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was 93 Canadian Open at Glen Abbey, and I, I was still playing on the Canadian Tour. And that tournament... Uh, at Glen Abbey, I think I ended up finishing fourth, maybe, um, you know, kind of gave me the confidence to get through that tour school in the fall of 93 and then uh, got through there. And, and um, my first year on tour was 1994 and played a bunch with you throughout the years and uh, always enjoyed your company as well. And it just kind of, you know, took off from there you know I had some just like anybody you have your ups and your downs along the way and um, you know I probably learned a ton more from my down years and not playing well and kind of attribute my successes to those down years because you learn so much from those poor years and uh, you, you gotta you learn from that you, you you come up with a game plan to try to get better and what you're doing wrong and uh, and make those adjustments to improve so uh, it's been a, it's been a great ride. I tell you that. I mean, uh, couldn't, couldn't change anything if I wanted to, I think, um, very appreciative and blessed to be able to do what I do for a living and continue to do it for a living. Uh, knock on wood, I'm bodies hanging on, you know, and, <laughs> and, um, trying to work out and keep, you know, my body in shape so I can continue to play, you know, the next seven to 10 years. Strick, and most of the guests, I just look at how this game provides. I mean, it's just wonderful. You look at the other sports, and they're terrific, but none of them can hold a candle to golf in the way that it's provided for our families and uh, the places it's taken us and the people that we've met. It's just a special, special – it's a privilege, really, to play on the PGA Tour. It really is. And, um, you know, from day one, you know, we were taught to give back. You know, I mean – all the peers uh, in in front of us, you know, uh, you see what they do to give back to their communities and uh, to help out these charities and to 
put on proams to raise money or awareness for a special group or interest of of years or whatever but um we were taught that from the very first time we set foot on the pga tour and um you know it's no different for me we all and you too i mean we all we all want to give back and help and um yeah it's something very unique to our game and something that seems to be passed on from generation to generation and and it seems like every golfer that i talk to or you read about you know has does something for some sort of charity or charitable work in their home community or town or whatever but it's uh it's a unique game and one that so lucky that we've been able to be a part of and uh and you, like you said you meet so many neat people along the way it's it's quite a journey strick in 2004 so you got off to a great start in 94 you joined the pga tour you won several times um in the late 90s and in the, in the 2000s but in 2004 at age 39 you lost your card and I was amazed at, you know, sometimes when we get into ruts, there's been a lot of good players, Ian Baker Finches, the Chip Becks of the world that were great players that you, you sometimes you don't make it out. And mm-hmm. I'm just amazed. So, but you've won eight times after turning 40. You were comeback player of the year in 2006 and in 2007. And like I said, you played on President's Cup teams in 07, 09, 11, 13, captain in 17, and Ryder Cup teams. How did you talk to us a little bit about that low time? What was going, was it, was there something going on? A lot of, a lot of times we have stuff going on personally, you know, a, a parent gets ill or a struggle with their marriage or something like that, that really can affect your game. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have anything to blame, <laughs> I guess. I, uh, it was just a, a piss poor game, I guess. It it I just got into some very bad habits. Um, I wasn't playing very well. Didn't really have fun playing. I wasn't enjoying the game. Um, yeah, and I just uh, really it started like even before that, you know. And I was kind of my short game and putting were kind of you know hanging on and, and or making my game seem somewhat okay and I was just a lot of smoke and mirrors because of the short game and then uh really like oh three four and five were just you know horrible years and um you know but I'm like okay yeah I had to really kind of a coming to Jesus moment you know what am I going to do you know am I uh I either need to start working at it you know, and, and do something different or, you know, do something else. And I came to the realization that there's really nothing I'm capable of doing besides golf. You know, I really, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'd do, you know, I mean, golf has been in my blood since a little kid. And, uh, so I'm like, well, I better go to work and, and put the time and energy and effort into it. And I worked with my father-in-law, we got on the same page and I, I actually took a little bit more ownership of what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I, I, I knew what I was failing at when I was out on the golf course trying to hit a shot and I knew what was going through my mind and, um, just tried to take a little bit more ownership, tried to get my swing in a position where I felt more comfortable, uh, when I could hit a shot. And, and then it was a progression. I started seeing some more positive things, um, you know, in, in practice rounds and then 
first on the range and then in practice rounds, pro-ams, and then a round or two, you know, in a tournament and, and then just kind of progressed. And, and then it took off, you know, my confidence level came back and um, felt like the club was in a great position. I understood what I was doing a lot more with my swing and I still do those same things today, which is, which is really uh, neat uh, for me um, that I still continue to look back on that time in 2005 when I made that decision to get, you know, to work on my swing and try to get better. Um, I still work on those same exact things today as I did back in 2005. So I really haven't changed much in my way of thinking on, on what I needed to do to get better. So I think that's where the consistency came in. I didn't really vary uh, too much when, when I did start to work on it and improve. I just continued to do the same things, and today is still the same things. So uh, it's been a great, great ride. You know, Strick, what's interesting is that that maturation process hits us all at different levels and different ages, doesn't it? And taking that ownership and getting more invested in it. And then one of the things our listeners can really appreciate is that you didn't recreate any wheel, you know, you just stayed consistent and true to what worked for you. And you're still doing it today to much success. You just finished fourth in the 2021 Phoenix Open with the kids. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah. And I think that's been the secret to my longevity since 2005. Uh, I've played my best golf after my worst years. And, um, and I think it, became where I simplified the swing. I simplified it in my mind. I stuck to the same exact things that I knew I wanted to do for all this time. And, um, and the biggest thing was, is I had to feel good in my own skin. I think, you know, I, uh, and everybody runs across it. And you probably could tell me when, when it happened to you, you, you know, for me, it happened when I played with tiger in, um, 1997 at AT&T, I'd just come off two wins in 96, and I was, you know, kind of tabbed as the next, you know, great player and, you know, watch out for this kid and all that kind of stuff. And I played with him, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got none of those skills. <laughs> oh, he, <laughs> I can't, oh, gosh. You know, he's hitting his three-wood past my driver, and he putts and chips better than I did, and he hit great iron shots, and I'm like, I want to do that, you know, and then you, you find out that you're not capable of doing that. And, you know, so it becomes a, a, a constant struggle with, you know, do I need to change my game? Do I need to do different things? Do I need different equipment? You know, whatever it is starts running through your head. And then it took me all those years, you know, eight years of like, you know what, I'm okay with the way I am. You know, I'm just going to focus on the things that I do best and work like crazy to to fine tune those things and play my own game and you know i mean uh i think that's what you got to get down to as a player and i think we all run across it at some point of looking at some other player and saying and idolizing that guy and saying i want to do that when you know you're good enough to get out there on tour on your own doing what you're doing and why don't you just try to get better doing those things and and uh, sharpen those skills instead of looking at somebody else and trying to do what they're doing because most times you can't especially when it comes to looking at a tiger woods oh my gosh trick when i saw him at i think it might have even i don't know if it was in 97 or not but at pebble uh i wasn't playing with him but i just got finished playing with him and on 18 he had like two 
65 or something to that, you know, back left uh, pin placement at 18 at Pebble. And he takes a two iron, you know, right at sea level. The ball goes nowhere at Pebble Beach and flies it to the back of the green. And I'm like, I need to just give up. I mean, I couldn't, right. I couldn't hit that shot, but maybe a perfect three wood I could land maybe on the front edge of the green. Right. And that was the thing, you know, we would have needed a two iron and another wedge to get there. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Oh this my guys flying those two irons all the way back there. Yeah. It, it was pretty incredible how far he hit it and how good he was. Uh, and, and still is right. So yeah, it's uh, definitely a learning process that we all have to go through. So Strick, let's shift gears a little bit this coming September. And I know you had to be crazy disappointed to have the Ryder cup, uh, you know, suspended i guess into uh 2020 but 2020 is a year that i don't know what the hell it's going to be at our age when we look back at 2020 because it's going to be in the all the history books is certainly a you know uncertain and crazy time but in september this year at whistling straits in your home state you get to be you're going to be captain of the u.s Ryder cup team what is that like and i just can't even imagine how excited you have to be yeah, you know, I never, never dreamed of uh, being a captain. You know, I, I hadn't won a major, um, any of that kind of stuff, any of the so-called criteria to be a captain. And, um, you know, they're giving me this unbelievable opportunity to do this. And, and um, I'm so excited to do it. Uh, and, you know, last September, you know, we really, it was okay to, to postpone it just because you know there wasn't going to be any fans and I just like man what a what a crummy experience for the players um if they can't play a Ryder Cup without fans you know I mean uh the fans for that event make everything uh they make that thing go and they give it the energy and the vibe that it has and uh so not to have fans would have been you know really a crime uh it it just it wouldn't have been the same. It would have been just like a, a exhibition match, you know, uh, with not a lot of drama probably. But um, fortunately, we we postponed it. We're going to be able to have it this year. You know, the number of fans is probably still up in the air on how many we're going to have. But uh, super stoked and super excited about the opportunity to be a part of that team. And um, hopefully we can win and, and bring that Ryder Cup back where it belongs and I know the guys are are fired up and ready to uh, to make that happen. Strick, how difficult is it going to be? And I know you had to do this for the President's Cup. How difficult? Tell us a little bit about how difficult the process of choosing. You know, you get four captain's picks now, and some of the players will play their way on. But, gosh, there's got to be some gut-wrenching moments. And I'm sure, and I know how important family is to you, I'm sure Nikki and your whole team – Team Stricker is going to be involved in these decisions. Yeah, and I've got, you know, it's actually going to be six automatic qualifiers and six captain's picks. So we're going a little bit more. Just we, we did that based on, um, you know, the uncertainty of this pandemic and what the schedule was going to be like. And we just didn't know if there was going to be a consistent schedule moving forward. Fortunately, we've been able to play and guys are earning points as we go along. Um, but yeah, this year it's going to be six and six. So I'm going to have to make, uh, some phone calls, six good ones, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, and then, then some other ones that won't probably be too pleasant to call, but, um, yeah, you know, I've got 
great assistants so far and Zach Johnson and uh, Jim Furyk and Davis Love and I'll probably add another two guys before it's all said and done and you know it'll be a team decision for sure uh, on who we're going to pick and you know it's a big golf course Whistling Straits is a big golf course so I'm hoping these guys that hit a long ways and have that uh, fierce competitive drive you know are going to make that team because um, it's uh, it's uh, an event unlike any other really and it's it's one that we want to finally get a grasp of that trophy on and bring back. You know, Strick, I've played Whistling Straits, I don't know, probably a dozen times, and it's 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 a big course, but there's a lot of strategy involved there, isn't there? It's not one of these courses where you just got to take your driver and bang it all the time. There's a, there's a lot of places where you've got to, at least in my opinion, you've got to back off a little bit. Yeah, and, and it, you know, Pete Dye was a master of, giving you these visually intimidating looks off the tee or into the green and uh and whistling straights is no different for him he, he, there's a lot of looks that just like whoa there's nowhere to hit it kind of thing but once you play it a few times um the areas are fairly generous you know and uh it's a beautiful spot but you're right there is some it it looks link style but it really plays more american style you right. gotta you know throw it up in the air and uh it, it really doesn't lend itself to a lot of on the ground play you know like a lynx course but um it's a beautiful spot and, and it should be a great venue for a Ryder cup for sure strick i loved playing i think i played in 25 was um um milwaukee opens we played at brown deer and we played over at um yeah Oh, gosh, Tuckaway? Was it Tuckaway? Tuckaway. Anyway, just... Tuckaway Country Club. Strick, people don't understand the Wisconsin golf fan. These guys are going to turn out, and hopefully, pandemic-wise, you know, we can let a a nice number of people in, but I know the entire state just clamoring for this thing. Oh, yeah. They, um, They are super excited, and everywhere I go still today, you know, I mean, people are you know, mentioning to me the Ryder Cup. And uh, even during the pandemic, pandemic, you know, last year, they didn't lose too many sponsorships on on the, uh, uh, you know, sponsorships for the Ryder Cup. And they've actually gained some more back again already. So people are still excited to be a part of it. They want to be there. Uh, it's a huge event for our state uh, and economy, obviously, if we can have the people there. So hopefully cross our fingers and toes and everything that, you know, we're going to be able to put on a full-fledged event. All right. That's going to wrap up the Steve Stricker uh, snippet and the back nine. But don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. John and I will be back to break down the Steve Stricker interview on the 19th hole. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm with my buddy Joe Sheezer from USA Mortgage. Hi, Jay. How are you? Doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for the support of the show. Ah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Congratulations. This is uh, your third year, and we're really proud to be a sponsor all three years since the very beginning. It's a great show, and we look forward to it every Sunday morning. Well, thanks a bunch. Tell us just a little bit about USA Mortgage and what you can do for people. Well, USA Mortgage is an ESOP. It's an employee-owned company, so over 1,000 families here in St. Louis work for the company. So if you want an opportunity to patronize a a local company, please call USA Mortgage 314-628-7000. 
800-800-2015, and I'll be more than happy to sit down with you, go over your options, discuss all the different programs that are available, and give you an opportunity to support a local company. If you have a car and you're struggling to get some protection for that car, let me recommend Vehicle Assurance. 1-866-341-9255 is their number. They have been in business for over 10 years and have a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is one of the reasons why they have over 1 million satisfied customers. They are known for their painless claims process and their premium vehicle protection. So whatever that car looks like, they can help you. You can find them at VehicleAssurance.com or call them again at 866-341-9255 for a free quote. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. Marcon Appliance Parts Company of St. Louis, Missouri would like to recognize and applaud the thousands of companies and volunteers who donated their time and money to make Wreaths Across America program a national success on December 18, 2021. Wreaths Across America is a national wreath-laying program to decorate the graves of our beloved veterans at national cemeteries across the country. Marcon Appliance Parts is proud to be a local sponsor and sent volunteers to participate at Jefferson Barracks National Cemetery. For more details, visit wreathsacrossamerica.org. Marcon Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and a proud distributor of General Electric Parts. Hey, guys, I know you've heard golf is booming, and it really is. There are more people playing golf today than ever before. And you know who else is doing great? My friends at Whitmore Country Club. I don't know if you know about their membership, but if you join at Whitmore Country Club, there's 90 holes. They give you access to the links of Dardeen, the Golf Club of Wentzville, and the Missouri Bluffs. And the cart fees are included in the membership, so you're not going to get dinged for a cart fee. There's no food or beverage minimums, no assessments, no nothing. Just great golf, great places to eat. They have a large pool complex, three tennis courts. They've got a kids' club. You can drop your children off, you and your significant other your wife can go out play a little golf you can call them at 636-926-9622 and when you go over there poke your head in the golf shop and say hi to my friend bummer he is terrific he wants to help you with your game and he'll show you around Thank you, St. Louis, for making the first annual Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson a record-breaking success. The golf was incredible, your enthusiasm unmatched, and the only thing that will last longer than the memories is the impact you've made on North St. Louis County charities. To our sponsors, volunteers, and fans, thank you for welcoming golf's greatest legends and bringing professional golf back to St. Louis with record attendance. See you next year at the Ascension Charity Classic. Hey, Jay Delsing here for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Do you want to have a more consistent golf swing? Hell, I know I sure do. SSM Health Physical Therapy's golf program has Titleist Performance Institute certified physical therapists trained to assess your movement patterns, your mobility, and your stability to help make your golf swing more efficient and repeatable. They can help your golf game. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area. 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. This is Bill DeWitt III, president of the St. Louis Cardinals, and you're talking to Jay Delsing. And wait, oh, sorry, what's the name of the show? <laughs> Golf with Jay Delsing. Oh, okay, let me start it. <laughs> 
I want to give a shout out to my friend Colin Burnt over at the Dean team of Kirkwood. Folks, if you're looking for any sort of vehicle, I know it says Volkswagen of Kirkwood. Colin has a parking lot full of new and used cars. I was just over there the other day. I bought a used VW Passat for my daughter, Joe, who just totaled it in an accident. She texted me, by the way, and said, Dad, I tapped a car in front of me. She tapped it so so well that the car's totaled. Anyway, I talked to... Um, to Colin, and he is working out a new vehicle for us. But we went over and looked. There is a huge selection of cars over there. My buddy Pearly that does the show with me had bought a used Toyota truck from Colin and just loved the service and loved the vehicle. Um, 314-966-0303. This is like dealing with family over there. These are great people. Colin's there. His right-hand person, Brandy, is there to, to do anything they can to get you in the vehicle you want. Give them a call today. One thing I've learned over the years is that many people don't realize that standard insurance policies aren't robust enough to handle their accomplished lifestyles. Ensuring your personal success adequately that's serious business. At Powers Insurance, they don't believe in treating clients like policyholders. They treat them like friends and family. Tim Davis at Powers Insurance can offer more than a policy. He has the knowledge and experience to properly protect your busy lifestyle. Call Tim Davis at Powers Insurance today, 314-333-4913, or find them online. Visit their website at powersinsurance.com. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is refreshed by Michelob Ultra. Welcome back. That jingle means it's the 19th hole. It's brought to you by our friends at Michelob Ultra. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearlie's with me. Pearl, go ahead, open one. What do you think of that meat? you like that? I mean, it's a good effort. It's yeah. a good effort on his part. Yeah. We don't want him to get too excited about it. You know, no. The yeah. real one would be nicer. Yeah, that's true. All right. All right, so, Pearl, I'm going to give you the first um, the first go. We want to thank our, our friends at Mick Ultra. Obviously, they're great guys down there. Kyle and uh, Scott, thanks so much for supporting us. Pearl, Steve Stricker, go. Uh, I mean, Just, just as, as we said before, just super kind guy. You know, Jay, I think something that was noted at the time, but I hope is remembered, from, the, from this Ryder Cup and who Steve Stricker is. There's so much passion that runs around, floats around, bounces around during the Ryder Cup. And he stood up multiple times and said, hey, we're going to act like, uh, you know, respectful professionals. We're going to not be over harassing the, uh, the other team. And we just want to see pure golf. And I think plenty of people could say he went overboard to the advantage of the European team. But I'll tell you what, that's who the guy is. That's what made winning that much more impressive because they did it with playing golf instead of some of the shenanigans that both the Europeans and the Americans can do. Personally, I'm hoping he set the tone for that much more in the future. I think we cheer all we want, but harassing, that's not, that's not what golf is. It's not about jeering the other team. It's about either acknowledging good shots or having a blast celebrating good shots, and it's not about any of the negative. And I really appreciate what he did. And I'm not sure there's another guy in the tour that would have 
stood up the way he stood up to make that happen, and I hope it lasts for a long time. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And he he is that guy. That that guy. That is an authentic uh, maneuver from him, as you would only expect. He's um, uh, we we talked about you know being mid midwesterners, and we don't live here for the weather because the weather just makes us hardier. And um, as I get older, I'm less hardy and less hardy. I can tell you that. But what I think was um, really impressive. Uh, about um, the team that he had, John, is you can't not mention almost like a change of guard in the U.S. Ryder Cup with these with these yeah. young players. You can't you can't keep going and say, yeah, Ricky Fowler didn't play this year, and so and so didn't play, and and uh, without mentioning, you know, Xander Shoffley and. Um, Patrick Cantlay and uh, Daniel Berger and um, uh, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Bryson DeChambeau and 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 uh, Cor- Colin Morikawa. I mean, you're talking about six guys right there, and uh, it, it, it's phenomenal. And I think I really believe the tide has turned. You know, um, Sergio is on the back nine of his career. And what he's going to be able to do, even though he rises to the occasion, it seems like every two years in the Ryder Cup. But we've got these 20-somethings that are just walking through the front door. It's not like Justin Thomas is old. It's not like Jordan Spieth is old. Uh, DJ was the oldest guy on the team at 34. I mean, it's, uh, it's it really bodes well for U.S. golf for the the coming, uh, the, the next, you know, Ryder Cup matches. It's It's pretty damn neat. I like to think that uh, the tide has turned on who's going to be winning for quite a few years, to, to your point. And I, I'm having a tough time seeing how that won't happen. There's always all kinds of other controversies if they take it serious, if they practice ahead of time, if they fit it in their schedules, et cetera. But I think they do take that event uh, serious. I think it's a, it's a capstone for most, for most careers, and they love their points and that type of thing. So I'm thinking big things for the next four or five Ryder Cups that are going to be following the U.S. way whether we're playing over there or playing over here. And, you know, we're going to see a lot of great golf from Victor Hovland, who is on the other side. But that kid is really going to be good. He's going to win a major, in my opinion, very, very soon. Uh, But uh, it's still, there's competitive, great stuff going to happen in that Ryder Cup. Steve Stricker, just a great guy. Hopefully, we mentioned the Ascension Charity Classic. Hopefully, we're going to see Strick here this next September. I don't know why we wouldn't. He, he he told me off air that, you know, he couldn't make it just because of this year's Ryder Cup. But that would really be a fun uh, fun thing to see. Well, I think with uh, as successful as it was this year, and as much as the players liked the course, the way the tournament was run, uh, I, I got to believe it's going to keep on drawing the top guys. Yeah, absolutely. Pearl, that's going to wrap up. That's another show in the books. Hey, I had all kinds of trivia for you, so we're just going to have to hold that for another time because it's going to challenge you to the very nth degree. I can't wait. Most trivia does. Most questions challenge me to the nth degree as well. We will be back with you next Sunday. Pearly, thanks for being with us. Me, thanks for taking great care of us. And more golf with Jay Delsing next week. Hit him straight, St. Louis.